Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dreamer Talks. My name is Abby Volkovich, and I'm your host. It is my job on this podcast to introduce you to dreamers from many different fields and walks of life. It is important to note that we can learn many things from the people we surround ourselves with. This is why I have ventured out to interview dreamers who are willing to share their journey with us. On today's episode, we'll explore techniques on how to make decisions when life is pushing you in a completely different direction, how to look in within yourself and uh, push forward for what you really want to be doing. Our guest is Josh Bachalter. He tells his story of working on the cruise line industry for five years, first as a fitness instructor and then as a sales representative. Josh goes a bit more in depth into his story. So without further ado, I give you Josh Bachalter. Enjoy. Today, I'm joined with Josh Bachalter. Said that right? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Um, so we're joined with Josh. Josh and I met a couple of days ago. We are both starting our first year at IDC. And uh, so he's going to be in the communications program. I'm going to the business entrepreneurship. And we started... Uh, talking, mingling, and yeah. asked him if he could come on the podcast because he's got a pretty interesting um, past five years, and I'm sure there's also a story before that. So <laughs> we'll get into uh, fun little anecdotes. So yeah, please, uh, Josh, if you could introduce yourself, and uh, we'll get into back and forth questions. Awesome. Absolutely. So nice to be here. As soon as I started speaking to Abby, I wanted to do this like straight away, literally like 10 minutes afterwards. So I'm glad we are doing this. Uh, I'm from South Africa. Originally, I'm 25 years old. And the past five years, I've been based in various parts of the United States, Florida, New York, New Orleans as well, uh, working on cruise ships. Therefore, I was based in those areas, but spent most of my days actually in different islands of the Caribbean. Um, the longest I was in one place was about eight to 10 hours. Then I'd move on. <laughs> always on the move, always on the go. Uh, so it was a very interesting lifestyle. It was unique to an extent, spontaneous. Um, right. You, you said it was five years, right? It was five years. And yeah. the original plan was? To be, my parents, won, when I finished school, my parents wanted me to go straight to university. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of negotiated a gap year. Okay. Ended up being five years. So yeah, let, let's actually go back to that. Um, you finished high school and you had told me that you came to Israel for a bit and then you wanted to go and maybe study, but then this opportunity to... Absolutely. So I came to Israel um, beginning of 12th grade mm-hmm. and actually saw IDC and was absolutely blown away by the campus, the facilities, the opportunity. And I thought, if I'm going to study, this is where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, during my final year of high school, like most 12th graders, you start thinking of university as your next option. It's kind of the general trend. So I was going to follow that. So I, I applied for IDC 2014. However, part of me just felt as if I wasn't doing this because I wanted to do it. I was doing it because I didn't know what else to do, as in studying. I wasn't ready to go to university, commit to a degree, mm-hmm. and and crunch and knuckle down. Um, so if you don't mind me asking, where was the social, like between your friends and also within your community, the view of a gap year? How did, pe- how did people view that? Uh... My 10 best friends all went straight to university. They're now working. They're in long-term relationships. They settled down. <laughs> they barely leave the suburb. Good lives, but... Yeah. 
I guess I was the odd one out. (laughs) So it it was challenging, you know, because I had this intuitively. I felt like I do not want to go to university yet. I'm not ready. I want to do something different. But I was kind of in an environment where it was the norm. It Mm. was almost the expectation. Um, So to actually convince myself and make a decision. okay, I'm not going to university. I'm going to jump into the unknown. Uh, because that was the other thing going on the cruise ships. I didn't really know what I was getting into. I just knew it was going to be exciting and, and crazy. How and exactly? Experience. How exactly did that opportunity uh, like arise? What was your connection to it? Like, if you don't mind me asking. Sure, no problem. So, in high school, I was always very much into sports and health and fitness, mm-hmm. and so. It wasn't actually as straightforward as year after high school joining the cruise ship straight away. I convinced my parents that I'm not ready to go to university. And if they send me to university, it could be a complete waste of money. So then the next question is, okay, what do you do? And at the time, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So I decided to do a one-year personal training course. That came from the interest in health and fitness and sports in general. And I thought, let me do this course find myself a little bit, find a bit of direction. Mm -hmm. Once I did that course, every single person was exposed um, at this personal training institution. Everyone was exposed to the possibility to work on ships. It was like the thing to do. And I was hooked on this concept. You go and work on a cruise ship, you travel all over, there are people from all over the world, you make good money, and who knows what else it could lead to. So just to, because you told me this when you told me you worked on cruise ships, the status on the cruise ship 100%. is not what I thought it was. So please share with the listeners so they can also have this uh, awe moment for you and jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a bold up to get to the point that okay. I was talking to you, but okay. I'll explain it all. Yeah. Um, I was at this college, became a qualified personal trainer, went on the cruise ship initially as a personal trainer. And yeah, my rank or status as a personal trainer was relatively low. And your status is going to influence the food you eat, the money you make, the cabin you uh, live in, your room, um, and your overall experience. So I felt like the first year was crazy. It was fun. It was perfect for someone fresh out of high school. Um, And now I was introduced to the cruise ship industry, which I could never have guessed was the way it actually was in my experiences. Um, Once I was there, I really started to realize the opportunity that the environment on the cruise ship presented me. And that's when I started thinking more long term. So I finished my first contract on the ships. It was great fun, really traveled, explored, experienced, really. It felt like a gap year. It didn't feel like I was Mm -hmm. working. Just in in your gap year, as opposed to my gap year, you were getting paid good money. (laughs) (laughs) One of the different, yeah, Yeah. got a win-win situation. (laughs) Nice, that's (laughs) awesome. Lack of the draw, lack of the draw. Sounds amazing. Um, then I came back mm-hmm. and now back, you mean... back to South Africa yeah. after my gap year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the expectation is, okay, you didn't study this year. You went and traveled. So now mm-hmm. time to study, surely. Um, I got back home and I thought, okay, fair, fair deal. That's what I agreed to. I applied for university again, a university in South Africa, started looking for a place to rent, started looking to settle down, saw all my friends who were very much settled was on the verge of signing a lease and starting university. Again, intuitively, I felt this is not what I want. This is what the social norm is. This is what my friends are doing. And it's right for them. It's not right for me. And again, it, was, it wasn't it was that easy to say that to my parents. You know, mm-hmm. parents worry in general. 
And now I'm telling them I want to jump back into the unknown after already doing that for a year. There was a bit of concern. But if, if you don't mind me jumping in here, I think that decision, you made it twice of uh, following that gut, gut instinct of, you know, following what really feels is the right step. Yeah. What was the, I don't know if I could call it technique or mind trick that you played with yourself to really listen to yourself and not, I mean, we, we've all been there where we have the pressures of the people around us of this is the right thing to do, yeah. yet we're faced with a decision where we think it, it's not right, you know, and, and we have to go a different path. So if you could maybe talk to that uh, mental difficulty that you had. Sure. Perfect question. Because I've thought about this a lot. This period, it was about a month period where I, I had signed a lease, um, applied for university, and then wanted to leave and decided to leave and go back to the ships was probably the most important decision I ever made. And at the time, I never knew. So I was weighing up these options. Security, safety, follow the trend and study, get a degree, real job, whatever that means, or jump back into the unknown again. How do you weigh up which is right for me? Um, it was about a month of discussing with my parents, with myself, self-reflection, with friends, analyzing the situation. One evening, it was about, no, it wasn't the evening, it was late in the night, it was about midnight, I couldn't sleep. I was, I was really struggling with this issue um, or this decision. Went and woke up my parents and I said, guys, we need to talk about this again. And my mom said, listen, she's, my mom's a remedial therapist. She has various approaches to dealing with problems. Let's leave it at that. She said, here's a piece of paper, here's a pen. Put your phone on 60 seconds and write for 60 seconds straight, do not stop. No matter what happens, you keep putting words on that piece of paper. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, this is weird. But what happened is, so I take a piece of paper and it would literally be like this. I'm sitting here with Abby. It's a nice day. We are in Hertzlia. We're about to start at IDC. So the first 20 seconds is pretty obvious stuff like what's around you. But then you run out of things to say. And that's when stuff just came out. At the end of 60 seconds, I looked at this piece of paper and basically I'd written up pros and cons of staying in South Africa, pros and cons to going back to the ship. It was such an easy decision to make from there. It, the reason I wasn't able to make the decision to go back was all emotional. Logically, obviously going back to the ships was right for me. There was no question about it. And once I had it on that piece of paper, I walked back to my parents' room. I'm like, guys, just so you know, I'm going back to the ships. I'm not going to university. We can cancel the lease. We can cancel everything. I'm, I'm sure this is the right decision for me. Good night. I'm going to sleep. And I went to sleep, slept like a baby, went back to the ship and had four incredible years on the cruise ships. Um, and that technique is something that I've taken with me. I've, I've done that exercise That's, quite a few times. I love that 60 exercise. Seconds. Wow. Don't please, yeah, listeners, please take that and rewind and listen to that properly. I will definitely do that myself and properly do that exercise because I think we all could use, you know, different techniques for making decisions. So I exactly. love that. I appreciate it. Thank sure, you very much. Sure, sure. No, I thank my mom. I, I told her. <laughs> she gave me the technique and helped me so much. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, cool. So if you could maybe then, so when you were the first year, you said you were a personal trainer yeah. and then you transitioned to a whole other world. Sure. So. I went into the second year with this confidence, with this ambition that this is the decision I've made. Mm -hmm. It's opposite to what most people are doing. I have to make it work. Now, at the time, I had saved a sum of money uh, from my first contract. It's 
an incredible environment. You don't pay for food. You don't pay for accommodation, no matter what your rank or status is. And you don't pay taxes. Just think of that. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't have to spend any of your money if you, if you want to save it up. And that's what I did. So I had this amount of money. And I mean, this is something I'm, I'm more than happy to share with you. There was a property development in Cape Town. Now, what that means is they were building these apartments and you put down a deposit before it's been built and mm-hmm. then you have a two-year period to pay it off. Got so it. for an investor, it's quite convenient because of the fact that you've got an extended period of time mm-hmm. to come up with the money. I put down a deposit on an apartment which only covered 30%. I was pretty young. I had no credit score. I was not going to get a home loan or financing from the bank. But I told myself I'm going to go onto the ship and I'm going to make as m- the amount of money required to pay this apartment off. I have two years to do it. I had this goal, I had this vision, and nothing was going to distract me. So I went onto the ship a changed person. I was calculating how much money I had to make in the contract, in the month, in the week, in the day, in the morning, in the hour, wow. I had it all set and scheduled. So I think because I had this reason to go back, a very real reason, I wanted to acquire this property and pay it off and not be Was that more of stuck. an investment? Or 100% investment. Yeah, not for living? Like you, you no, were, okay. no. It was, it was an investment. Who knows? Maybe it, it, I could live there, but I don't see right. myself being based in Cape Town, um, which is where it was. But the experience of actually purchasing a place and having this real pressure mm-hmm. to pay it off, the growth, the changes that I saw in myself, you, I could never put a price tag on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I really appreciated a lot. So because I had this ambitious desire to make things happen, I truly think in terms of energy, I started attracting and connecting with the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really giving you all the details here. I but love it. Yeah. <laughs> once I was on the ship, so I, I started, I, I needed to make a certain amount of money in nine months. Mm-hmm. I checked that box within six months. Psh. Done. So in those last three months, I then kind of took a foot off the, accelera- the accelerator and started uh, doing things a little bit differently and connecting with different people. Mm-hmm. And something that crossed my mind is I'm now in sales. I'm earning on commission. So here you were still still a personal, personal trainer, trainer right. but it, it was a sales job basically. Right. I was selling. Can you explain like what that means? Sure. So there's no salary at all. Mm-hmm. You've got a fitness center. I've got the facilities to host classes, like a yoga class or a cycling class. I would have to promote it. You know, guests aren't just going to. And you're walk in. you're able to like create your own class, your own prices and everything. Or? No, no, oh, that okay. was structured. But okay. I would need to promote a yoga class for people to know it's happening to actually got come. It. On the other hand. There were products that, that I could sell. And of course, I would need to promote these products to sell them to make mm-hmm. a commission. Now, quite simply, even if you fold up your classes, you were never going to make as much money from the classes as you were from selling the products. There was more money to be made in the products. So I became a full-on salesperson. Mm-hmm. I did not host those yoga classes. No one showed up because I didn't promote them. Um, and I just sold these products and acquired commission from doing so. Um, and most of them were fitness related. Yeah, it was health supplements, basically. It was a detoxing program that the guests would purchase on the cruise ship and then take home with them. So once I started doing that and really understanding sales a lot more, this was a first experience to me. Um, I realized, you know, when it comes to sales, you're earning commission. The technique of sales, no matter what you're selling, is the same, whether you're selling real estate, a health product, or 
jewelry, which I got into. Mm-hmm. The technique of selling is the same no matter what the product is. So why not sell a product where you can earn more commission? Mm-hmm. I became friends with the right people. Let's leave it at that. And one of the jobs on board was promoting high-end retailers that exist in the ports of the Caribbean. So all the different islands in the Caribbean have tax and duty-free shopping benefits. So if you're going to buy something like an expensive piece of jewelry, a Swiss watch, a Rolex or something like that, to get tax and duty-free benefits, 10, 20, 30% off a high-ticket item, you save in thousands of dollars. Right. Um, so it's a popular thing to do. Mm-hmm. I was 22 years old when I applied for this job. The second youngest person involved in the job was 30, eight years older than me. Wow. I had no degree. I had no qualification at all. I knew the right people. I was ambitious. I had drive. I had objectives and goals that I wanted to achieve. And I got the job. Um, So now I was working on the same cruise ship. I actually used to see the personal trainer who kind of replaced me. But I had a completely different job. I was now selling jewelry. And, and I assume that's also when your status went up. <laughs> absolutely. Status went up like through the roof. I was basically, I'd guess, status on, on the ship, um, which was really nice. Wow. To keep it simple, I had a really nice cabin. I had a porthole, so I woke up to the ocean and uh, wow. and the sun coming through. Um, the food was delicious if you've been on a cruise. Food is always good. Um, so I was eating where the guests well, were you're, you're eating. Well, really, you're really putting this podcast in Corona times. It's like the right things to say <laughs> to really pick at everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I, I had this amazing setup on the ship um, and it was great. So I transitioned from the personal trainer to my title was a port shopping consultant. I consulted the shopping in the ports of call. And I did that. I did personal training for about two and a half years and I did the port shopping for about two and a half years to sum up my five years on, wow. on the cruise ship. That sounds like an incredible experience. And I, I'm, I mean, I can already see you, you gained so much from it and learned so much from it. Um, and I, I want to talk to that philosophically a bit more now um, for the listeners. Anyone who might be in that similar situation where potentially they're even after a degree, even after a master's, it doesn't matter what point in life you're at, you're always faced with what's next. And you're always faced with a decision, what's really right for me? And we already heard from you that you made that decision twice um, to go back to the cruise ship and to, to make that decision to really listen to yourself and have that uh, exercise that you mentioned. Um, how do you view uh, or, or what would you say to people to encourage the listening to oneself because society, I mean, the way I was, I was telling you this before that my view on how um, we've systematically been educated throughout our entire lives is to follow, you know, grade one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. Every, every country calls it a bit differently. 12th grade, fifth grade, whatever. It's, it's semantics, but yeah. we're somewhat in this assembly line of education where at the end of the day we're you know absorbing this knowledge and absorbing this what's the next step what's the right thing to do yet we're all individuals and not like the, the point of an assembly line is to create this one exact same product yet we're all completely different completely different interests and completely you know aspirations everything 
how would you, I mean, aside for that exercise that you mentioned, any, I don't know, any, any other things that you might want to say to people listening to kind of encourage sure. or push that? Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's a great question. Um, and it's the kind of question where maybe if you asked me it on another day, I'd give you a completely different answer. And mm -hmm. also you can't answer the question specifically because it is relevant because of the to nature the individual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think the most important thing is, have, is to have a true understanding of what is important to you and what is it that you want from life. And that's quite difficult to authentically mm -hmm. clarify, you know? And for me, the most important, the, the important th aspects of my life were good relationships with my family, with my mom and dad, open and honest relationships and good friends um, and feeling as if I made logical decisions and gave all the effort I could. So when I was struggling, should I go study or should I go on the ship? I made sure that the communication with my parents and my friends was on point. And, I, and to this day, my relationships with them have just grown from strength to strength. That's prices, and that keeps me grounded through tough times. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, in terms of what I truly wanted, um, I wanted adventure. I wanted to jump into the unknown, and, and I wanted to do something where I would be challenged, test myself, give my absolute best, and know that if I failed, the worst-case scenario is I'm going back to parents and friends who have a good solid relationship mm -hmm. with and that gave me a lot of freedom mm -hmm. uh, because now it wasn't so much about what are the masses saying about me not studying my five best friends and my parents don't mind they support me and it gave me a lot of freedom and if i failed they would have been there for me um, and i would have found alternative options and also you know one thing i think i took advantage of i think it's actually important to fail Mm -hmm. at the right time in your life you don't want to be making mistakes in your 30s or 40s um as by that point you want to be settled and grounded however mm -hmm. if you don't experiment right. enough in we're, your early we're definitely 20s in the age to yeah to really learn and if you fail. make mistakes in your 20s you can come back from it quite easily if you never challenge yourself you're never going to grow mm -hmm. i took risks they paid off great if they didn't pay off it still would have been okay mm -hmm. and i knew that and having that freedom meant I could do what I truly wanted to do. And what I truly wanted to do was jump into the unknown. I actually loved it. I loved the fact that I was getting on a one-way flight, going on a cruise ship, which I didn't know much about. I knew no one who was there. And I was going to experiment and, and experience. Um, so a follow-up question to that. You mentioned sort of a, a safety net with uh, your your risk that yeah. you, you leaped. Uh had you not had that safety net of uh, having, you know, supportive family, supportive friends, I guess it's hard to really grasp and answer this fully, but, you know, as best as possible. What other, would you have changed or would you have, you know, taken that leap and just, you know? Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Um, So I think, although I'm, I talk about friends and family, having friends and family made me feel more, feel more comfortable with myself. And I think that's the most important thing. So even if you didn't have the support base back home um, or something you can fall back on, if you feel very comfortable with the decision you're making, you make the decision. I've, my perception was if I make this decision based on what I know now and I fail, when I look back at the point when I made the decision, 
will I regret it? And the answer was no, because I remember how I felt at the time when I made the decision and I felt like I was, I'd done my homework and I was making the logical decision. Mm -hmm. I was doing everything within my power to try and succeed, but that success wasn't guaranteed. Um, so if that, that, that was the approach, I wasn't going to be hard on myself if things didn't work. I was taking risks and, okay. and jumping out there. So that is a personality thing. Right. Some people are risk takers. Other people are not. The path that I have taken represents how much of a risk taker I am. I love the unknown. I love going into that. Other people would rather have the comfort. What I would encourage is to get the right balance. When I say when I say take risks, it doesn't mean you have to jump on a one-way flight and go to the other side of the world and do this nine-month contract on a cruise ship. But I do think you need to challenge yourself and jump into the unknown in some kind of way because it will challenge you. Uh, you will grow an experience. And when you get through it on the other side, whether you succeeded or failed, you're going to have a lot of benefits um, from putting yourself through that. And again, the... 18 to 25, 18 to 30 age group is typically the best time to do it. I love that. Yeah, I think I was listening to the Yes Theory podcast the other day. Uh, strongly recommend it. Um, and they talk a lot about how jumping and seeking discomfort really gives you that growth and yeah. gives you that uh, understanding that, wow, I actually can get through this type of challenge. Uh, I'm being very vague here because I think you should check it out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think, can you maybe give some challenges or failures that you went through uh, that might, uh, obviously that you feel comfortable sharing with yeah. the listeners and myself to maybe share the, the growth that you had. And um, I almost like labeling failure with a different word, which is the learning experience. Perfect, and, and absolutely. Because when the, the negative connotation that failure has is that, okay, it's it's in the past, I failed, let's move on. Yeah. But that takes away all the learning that you can gain from it, you know? And I'm all about the experiential learning and taking every minute of life as some point of growth or reflection, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, if you could maybe share sure. some... Absolutely, so... You know, when I transitioned from the personal trainer job to the port shopping consultant job, I had built myself up as a personal trainer. I had a great reputation within that field. And again, I was in my comfort zone because of the reputation I had. So to transition, I was given this comfort up. Now I was working for different people with different people. I have to start a new reputation and kind of prove myself again. I'm basically going from the top of the ladder in the personal training job to the bottom of the ladder in the port shopping consultant job. So in hindsight, it was the best decision. It was an easy decision in hindsight. But I remember at the time it wasn't such an easy decision because I was giving up comfort again for the unknown. So I did it, um, of course. And I remember there was a week where, so the job was very target driven. You know, you could say you tried your best, you gave your efforts, Numbers talk, you know, when it comes to sales, when it comes to big players in business, they want to see the money. Kesif, mm -hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> one, one of the few words I know in Hebrew. <laughs> um, and I was given an opportunity to prove myself on the, with the port shopping consultant job. And to give you an idea in terms of the numbers, the I got about 30% of the target. We're well, supposed to get 100%. 
uh, of course. And I got, immediately, there's not much room for leeway. I was getting calls from the people who had given me these opportunities, and they weren't very soft about things. They were like, we need the numbers. We need things to be happening. We've given you this opportunity. This is what you give us in return, like I'm the bad guy. And I remember I was completely on my own on that ship. I had just walked on. I didn't know anyone. Going back to my room, literally the feeling of failure in the real world, you know? I'm not critiquing them for being harsh on me. That's how it is in the real world. And all I thought of, have I made the right decision to leave that comfort that I had created in the personal training to come here? I gave that up. Now I'm here. This is difficult. And I thought about it and I thought about it. And then I thought of everything leading up to that failure of getting only 30%. I would... There were different marketing strategies. There were presentations that I hosted. And when I analyzed my marketing strategies and my presentation, I was on point. I did everything. I feel I did everything that I could have possibly have done to be successful. But I was having a tough start. So I thought, you know what? It's been a bad week. Let's do the exact same strategy next week. I'm not going to change anything. I truly believe what I was doing is effective. If so, I just need a couple of weeks to prove myself. If it's not effective, I truly feel like I've done what I can. And and like all the weight was off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I've done what I can. Now it's in the world's hand. Long story short, I was number one on the list for the next five months. I absolutely killed it. The only time they were calling me was when they were congratulating me. And it was just such, it was a huge learning curve for me to go from that feeling of disappointment um, and and now I was really in out of my comfort zone and having having no certainty on whether I'd made the right decision or not to again just back in my strategy and back in my ability. D- did you end up shifting a bit or I was did it just exactly the same bad thing? week? Bad week. And but to realize that in the moment was maybe easier said than done. Because you've got these bad numbers, you get in criticism left, right, right. and center. What's the obvious thing to right. do? And a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times, I mean, if it's, I think it's Einstein that said, uh, if you do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, then you're an idiot or some, something like that. So along I those lines. Einstein wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I did the exact same thing. I mean, look, it had, it had only been a couple of weeks where I didn't really do well, but I truly felt like in terms of effort... I was doing everything I possibly could to be successful. That that I couldn't fault. In terms of potential, it's debatable. Some people might say I've got potential. Some people might say I don't. But I felt like the potential that I had combined with effort was a matter of time mm-hmm. until I started hitting things off. And and I, I did. Think, I think that's a very interesting... Uh, I mean, now that you mentioned that, like, not... I'm assuming, you know, maybe... Your energy might have changed a little bit overall. I'm obviously you had the exact same like presentations. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that even having that same thing, a lot of times with statistics and marketing, I mean, you can attest to this yourself because you lived it. You have to look at the numbers like, okay, we have to change. Yeah. So it, it's I I love that. Um, I think it's a balance of finding that where do you change and where do you stick to it and i think had you gone and done the same thing another two weeks and realized that there was the same results uh, that's where i'm assuming you would be like, okay okay i have to reinvent the wheel and yeah. see how it can adapt to this new market um so how do you 
what was your time frame that you had for the test of to prove myself? Yeah, to to see if your technique was correct or not. Did you have a certain number in your mind? So it's a seven day cruise, right? Um, so basically, on the first day of the cruise, you implement all these marketing strategies, which are going to influence your sales throughout the week. So if sales are bad midweek, you can't all of a sudden pull out new marketing right. strategies. So it's it was like, week by week kind of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, from the very next week onwards. It just clicked. It just clicked. It just clicked. There were maybe minor tweaks here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I thought about it a little bit more at the time. It could have been me implementing things in the same way, but maybe subconsciously Mm -hmm. there were nerves, this nervous energy that I was given because it was new to me, maybe wasn't as comfortable. Um, But after that week where I had failed and got all this criticism, I, like I said, I had all this weight off my shoulders. I felt I'd given it all. And I remember walking on stage to do my presentation, very relaxed. I thought I'm going to give it my best shot. And if my best shot is good enough, I'm going to succeed. And I do think, and I felt that my best shot was good enough. And that proved to be the case. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it would have been very easy and common to crumble in that situation. And and it's one of the things I'm so glad that I was able to experience. I was really put in the hot seat i was tested under immense pressure there was expectations left right and center um to give you an idea it's a very very aggressive industry if i had not hit a hundred percent target within the next two or three weeks i probably would have been unemployed the contract states that i sign that if targets are not reached the agency has the right to terminate my contract without any notice. So it was real. You know, there's no messing around in business. Like I said, money talks. There's no emotion or being soft right. on, on new employees. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing what my I needed to do. Um, it was make or break. Right. And, and I made it happen. So if you can maybe talk a little bit about the actual feedback that you did get that time. How do you take in feedback? I mean, you, you mentioned that you did, you know, the self-reflection. Did I do the best I can? Um did you at all, you know, defend? Were you? What was your reaction to the feedback that you were getting? I was telling them I've done what I can. Mm-hmm. I said in terms of effort, I've given a hundred and ten percent of my effort. And I remember when I said it, it sounded too cliche. It didn't sound good enough mm-hmm. to say to your boss or to the person high up. I tried my best. Sorry, sorry, I failed. I tried my best. That's not what they want to hear. Right. But. It, I, t- I truly felt that was the case. I did try my <laughs> best. I promised them that I had the potential. And, and I think I did convince them on that. Um, I, I was still relatively new. I said, look, you've given... I, I almost turned the spin on them. I said, you gave me this opportunity because you saw potential in me. I still have that potential. Granted, I failed. The potential is still there. Can't judge me after one week. Give me a few more weeks. And they obviously... They're not going to fire me after one bad week. Mm-hmm. Either whatever I said, they were going to give me a couple more weeks. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I remember even showing a bit of confidence right. uh, on the phone call, which was, wasn't was easy yeah, to well, do. It's what you need um, for the for the sales. You're, exactly. you're, you're selling them on keeping it, you. Yeah. But I think because I showed confidence and was actually firm and didn't crumble on mm-hmm. the phone, it gave them a bit more confidence. And because they had a tiny bit of confidence and maybe optimism in me, when things did click, it was it was almost like this camaraderie. 
We had been through this challenge together. Right. They had to trust me mm-hmm. and they didn't know if they wanted to be trusting me because they weren't sure if I was going to pull it off. I pulled it off for me and for them since they were employing yeah. me. Um, so after overcoming that challenge, the relationships and the connections within the industry were stronger than ever before. I love that. I think challenge a lot of times brings companies together, you know, when you get through tough times. Yeah. And I think right now specifically, uh, I think companies, you know, they're, they're innovating different ways to actually survive exactly. with Corona times. Uh, and us, we're, you know, going to be in another hour or so. We're going to be on Zoom with our fellow classmates. And I think this evolution with society when you learn together i think it brings you closer together a lot of times i think people can make these uh assumptions that it's it's an i issue or it's a you issue Mm. but when it's focused as a we and and an understanding that it's a it's a team kind of effort you know if if your boss hadn't called you at all it might have been like he's letting you kind of figure it out on your own. I, I think that would have been wrong. Hundred percent. You know. So I think that that's what I'm kind of getting at. You yeah. know, it's it's a it, in order for things to move forward, you have to have this open and I mean, you mentioned that that you have that with friends and family. So I think it's also important to have that with your peers and and 100%. business partners. Yeah. I had to be criticized. I had done badly. Mm-hmm. If nothing was said about it, I would have thought, oh, it's not so important to hit target mm-hmm. clearly. But right. the first time I missed target, they were on my case about it. Mm-hmm. Um, making things very clear from the beginning and that obviously pushed me into action and luckily the results were better after that. For sure. Wow. Okay. So you've given me uh, a desire to go on a cruise once Corona is <laughs> is all done. Um, but would you like to leave aside for that desire for all the listen- listeners because I'm sure they have that as well. Do you want to give any last thoughts, any comments that you would want other dreamers who have uh who are listening in um yeah i I think self-confidence and and independence i think for me are the most important qualities um being confident in the decisions you've already made and the results that have come whether they were good or not and self-confidence in the present moment and and moving forward as well uh, if I can, if I can jump in right there, yeah. the self-confidence for the decisions you've made, and you said whether they're good or not, I think some people might think like, "Oh, my self-confidence isn't there." A good thing to look back on is that issue or that situation already passed, so you wouldn't even know the alternative of what you would have done. All the what ifs that you have in your head are just making you more stressed. Yeah. Hundred percent. Right. So, if anything, that's something to build up, and and I've had that you know technique for myself. You know, if I look at oh, had I done this, had I had I gone the other way, it would have been this, this, isn't that. But I'm here. Like the reality is today, and whatever is to come. So if you look and always ponder on what would have been, it, it, you're just wasting mental energy. I think completely, completely. Yeah. And it wasn't always just about the result. Like I mentioned earlier, when I look at my failures. And look at my decision making that led me to that failure. I couldn't critique myself because my decision making was on point. Mm -hmm. Maybe a bit of bad luck or just wasn't the right decision at the time. But Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to make a decision with very limited information. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can't be too hard on yourself when you really are putting in the homework to make a decision. You make a decision and it doesn't work. 
you got to be able to accept it, move forward. And, and do the and, and do the homework. <laughs> and do the homework, yeah, 100%. But I also think if you're doing the homework before making all the decisions, most of your decisions will be the right ones. Every now and then, you might make the wrong decisions and you might lead you to that failure. But if you make 10 massive life decisions and you really don't just make them spur of the moment, but analyze the decision you're making and all the concrete facts that you have to support the decision you're making, most of those big life decisions are going to work out. Um, so I think that's the key thing, making, simplifying things. What are the most important things behind this decision you're making? What is it that you focus on that you want out of the decision and, and where you're heading, as opposed to letting social norms influence you too much? There's yeah. nothing wrong with following the crowd, with studying straight off the high school, getting a good qualification, having a very structured, secure life absolutely perfect and suitable for so many people mm -hmm. however we can't think that it's suitable for everyone and if that doesn't suit you even if you don't know what else you want to do don't jump into that structure if, if it's not for yeah, you have the self-understanding exactly to jump out of it and exactly. figure your your shit out in a way yeah 100 uh, cool well, amazing so now you're starting at idc can we maybe get a sneak peek into what you have in mind for five years down the line from today and onward, like, do you have any specific things in mind? So I'm, I'm super excited to be at IDC. I mean, I think it's like the circle has been complete because I came to IDC in 2013. I applied for IDC in 2014. Now I've been on this whole journey and I've naturally come back to IDC. Now, I don't know if you look at signs from the world or not, but I think that's a pretty clear symbol that I was supposed to come to IDC at some point. Um, so I'm here to maximize the opportunity of studying here. And I think on a personal note, the most amazing thing for me to study at this stage of my life, I am not here at all because I don't have anything else or because it's the norm to study at 25 years old. It's complete opposite. Um, I'm here because I really wanted to spend an extended period of time in Israel. There's an emotional connection to the country as a whole. The institution, IDC, is just the most exciting, innovative place. I think it would be very difficult to to predict what's going to come out of my next three years here. Mm -hmm. To keep things simple, it will be vague, but I want to maximize every opportunity that comes right. my way. I'm not sure where I'm going to be in three yeah. years or five years, but if I'm maximizing every opportunity that IDC presents me, I'll be in a very good place in a few years from now. And that's the same for any student who attends yeah. IDC. I think if you maximize the opportunities it presents you, if you collaborate, if you become innovative and and take action and, and get involved with things, this place is going to set you up for a good for a good platform. Yeah, to yeah we're all looking forward to it. I think yeah, all, all these first years. I mean, and I have some friends that are in third, and it's definitely uh we're we're in good company. Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm, I've really enjoyed having you over, uh, and I'm sure we'll get to know each other way more throughout this year and throughout our degree. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for being on the on the show. And um, yeah, I don't know if you have any last no, thoughts. No, I'm just I'm so glad you gave me this chance to to share the story, and uh, I'm glad you followed through on that invitation. You know, sometimes <laughs> people say, "Come do a podcast and talk about the cruise ships," and you followed through, you sent me the message. I'm so glad I could share it. It's it's a story that I love. Um, it's so influential in my life. And, you know, the fact that someone might find interest in listening to the story or might benefit in their own decision making from listening to my story 
makes it worthwhile for me to share. Even well, if, if you're if you're ever asked in school uh, about your past five years and you're pressed for time because you have to get to class or something, you can just tell them, Abby did a podcast, you can go listen. <laughs> 100%. If you really want to know the answer... <laughs> Check out this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has an hour of the time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You should always have deep conversations, I think, with human beings. I think that that's genuinely why I started uh, the podcast. I genuinely enjoy having deep uh, conversations with people and exploring their story and diving into it, yeah. all the learning experience. And I think a lot of people, if you take something from, if you've been listening to other episodes of the of the show really understand that that's my intention to share the stories and to share the growth that people go through because I have personally listened to other podcasts and read books and and done other things that have given me that so I want to I mean I, I encounter people that I think have similar things to offer so I figured why not share it and have it online Absolutely. forever so others can gain from it as well but that being said you the listeners uh, are able to Go out with your friends and forget small talk. Forget the, you know, basic, just, you know, having a beer and having conversations about mundane things. Really dive into people's lives and that really connects your friendships and your your connections in general. Significant other, whatever it may be. Get yeah. into the deep, deep shit. <laughs> 100%. I, I think agree. that just makes everyone way more connected and way more loving and and. and positivity within the world so i think that's the last thing i want to leave, leave people with in this episode that's all on that i agree 100 percent. that the need for deep real conversations in a world that is sometimes so superficial is is very important so i agree with you 100 incredible well thank you and uh yeah come back uh, next week guys thank you so much I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dreamer Talks. I'd love to have you back again next week. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review of what you thought of the podcast. I'd really like the input to make this podcast as engaging and entertaining as possible. So once again, a big thank you and I'll see you next week. Thank Thank you for watching and keep on dreaming. dreaming.